Was it good for you? Welcome to the Lesbian Podcast. This is Charlie. And I'm Jay Church. And we don't have a guest host for you today. Um, the economy, people. It's too expensive anymore. <laughs> Just can't do it. We're buckling down. Yeah, pulling in resources. Was busy. Yeah, but, and everyone was um, busy. We have an awesome show for you today. We have an interview with Laura Spangen, who is running for uh, Board of S- Eight Supervisors. Excuse me. <laughs> Board of Supervisors District 8, which she told us um, includes Noe Valley, um, like some parts of Guerrero, and Castro, and Glen Park. Glen Park. Um, what else? Probably any neighborhood you hang in as a lesbian. Corona Heights, which I don't even know where that is. But any district named after a beer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, So we're looking forward to talking with her. And, um, of course, we always have, you know, our regular Rainbow Rumors and Q News. But what we really want to talk about is... The Sweet Cruise. The Sweet Cruise. So... I know you've all heard of Olivia, but Sweet is a new <laughs> travel company. Why do you say it like that? What? Olivia's nice too. I didn't yeah. say it like anything. Olivia. Oh, what? I think you're just reading too much into it. <laughs> but anyways, Sweet is a new travel company that um, I'm pretty excited about going on this cruise. They invited us. Um, Suzanne Wessenhofer is also going. A bunch Who of you love. renowned. Yes, love her. Um, renowned international DJs including Miss Jackson from our very own San Francisco Um, just a bunch of other celebrities but what I'm excited about is that it's not just a cruise where people basically go and have fun and get trashed and you know do damage to our environment but we're actually in our kidneys our kidneys but (laughs) um, we're actually going to be giving back so um, we're going to be uh, leaving from New Orleans and they're going to plant enough trees they're going through a company where they're going to plant enough trees to suck up all the carbon um, it's very cool yeah uh, and then we're every port that we go to um, we're going to give back to that community so some of the things are you know cleaning up the beach or um, building, building a children's library yeah. um, painting a children's hospital ward you know Really great thing. So it's lesbians love the kids. Yeah. What can you say? <laughs> um, so it's great because it's it's a chance not only to have fun for a week, but also to work on your tan. Work on your tan. Meet <laughs> other lesbians because it is a lesbian cruise line. Um, but also, you know, give back to the community and do good in other parts of the country. So. Um, and the pool looks amazing. I, I'm just saying. Okay. Any any reason to be Jay at the Church pool. Should, doesn't really care about giving back to the community. I do care. <laughs> I have a heart of gold. And I'm already planning to be there in Belize, helping the chitlins. <laughs> the chitlins? Yeah. Helping the chitlins. Awesome. <laughs> Corey is cracking up. <laughs> anyway, so if you would like to meet Jay and Charlie. And or, who wouldn't, really? Of course. I mean... <laughs> We're celebrities in our own right. <laughs> in our own heads. <laughs> um, in our studio. That's about it. But um, if you would like to meet us, or um, actually one of our former guest hosts, Tom, won a cruise um, at the Orson Sweet Party. 
Um, so she'll be coming along with us. I think she gets to bring a guest too. Um, or any of the other celebrities we mentioned earlier. Um, you, there's a website that you can go to. Yeah, you can go to <laughs> discoversuite.com and it'll have all the ports listed, the excursions you could take, um, pictures of the ship. There's a casino, there's, you know, a bunch of nightclubs. Cherry Bomb's gonna be on from After Ellen. Nat and Meg's gonna be on. Um, Ooh, Nat. <laughs> yeah, Charlie has a thing for Nat. <laughs> I'll have to forewarn her. Uh, <laughs> you will do no such thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you'll want to check out Discover Suite, and it leaves November 7th from New Orleans. And that's about it. So let's get this show on the road. Um, we've got a great interview with you with Laura, and uh, we got Rainbow Rumors. I'm really excited about this week's, and let's get into Q News. Q News. Queer News. You can use. Okay, folks, we have breaking news this week. The Prop 8 case is headed to federal trial in 2010. That's because a federal court judge in San Francisco on October 14th dismissed an anti-gay group's request that a federal lawsuit challenging the constitutionality of California's same-sex marriage ban be dismissed. This, yeah, right? This ruling means that the issue will now go to trial sometime in 2010. Uh, U.S. District District Court Chief Judge Vaughn Walker ruled against the proponents of Proposition 8, the constitutional amendment banning same-sex marriage that voters in the Golden State passed last November. Uh, Walker disagreed with the Prop 8 backers' assertion that the initiative did not violate the U.S. Constitution's due process and equal protection clauses, and therefore the plaintiffs in the case had no grounds to file a lawsuit on behalf of two California same-sex couples denied the right to marry. Rather, Walker determined that the merits of the case warrant it going to trial early next year. He said from the bench that two key arguments in the case. Whether Prop 8 is neutral or discriminates on the basis of gender, and whether the state has a compelling interest to define marriage as a union between a man and a woman in order to foster procreation are compelling legal questions that can only be answered at trial. Charles Cooper, we should have some kind of evil music playing right now. Dun 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 dun. Enter Charles Cooper. The attorney for the Yes on 8 campaign. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. She not only is our co-host, she doubles as our sound effects. I am. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so Charles Cooper, the attorney for the Yes on 8 campaign, said, The purpose of Prep 8 was simply to restore the traditional definition of marriage as a union between a man and a woman. The voters elected to adopt the traditional definition of marriage. I love this judge, though. So, Judge Walker in response, sounded skeptical about Cooper's claims that the state can restrict, mar- can restrict marriage to only opposite-sex couples in order to foster procreation. He noted, he recently presided over a wedding where the groom was in his 90s and the bride in her 80s. And he said, I didn't ask if they intended to procreate. Should I have? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Later, Walker noted that procreation doesn't require marriage. So, kind of doesn't matter, does it? Nice. I know. I like him. One I wish, step closer. I know. I wish all judges were like him. So logical. So the next thing I have in news is this week, uh, Buju Banton played at the Rocket Room, which I think is in the Richmond. Are you familiar with it? I think it's... Is it in the Hate or the Richmond? Richmond? Either way, I guess the location doesn't really matter. The point is that Buju Banton is a reggae artist who has uh, anti-LGBT lyrics. Like, some of his older work, I guess, is about killing gays and, like, setting them on fire. And I think the song's called Boom Boom Bye. 
What? Or boom, bye-bye. Right, so how did he play in the gay capital of the world? How does that happen? I don't know. Because it's not the gay district? I have no idea. I, I feel like they didn't really advertise this show, so no one caught wind of it until, like, right before it was about to happen. And there was a protest, for sure, outside. And I guess a lot of the gay leaders met with them, uh, Poya Damar and Bevan Dufty. But I'm like... What do you say at a meeting like that? Yeah. Like, you know that he's only meeting with you so that he can have his concert and make money. And, like, it's just a formality for him. Like, I feel like you're just wasting, like, for me, not them. I would feel like I'm just wasting my time, like you're talking to deaf ears. I don't mm. even know how that would Probably, work. Probably, which is why he didn't choose, you know, like a venue in the mission or... Yeah, totally. I mean ridiculous but so the more interesting thing I found about this was there was a guy who writes for SF Weekly and I can't find his name right now but I read this on SF Fist and um he wrote this article for SF Weekly saying that the protesters that were there protesting Buju Banton which were he said they were led by Poyo Damar um let off pepper spray inside the establishment and apparently this either never happened or didn't happen from the protesters because the protest was long dispersed before this event even happened. So I find it odd that he basically just like created this story. Right. And like assigned it to someone on this side. It doesn't sound like very good journalism to me. Right. And it was my understanding that SF Weekly didn't just uh, write a little, you know, what do you call it, a retraction when you're mm. saying, oops, we said something wrong. They didn't just do that. They just completely pulled the story. I think a retraction would have been more appropriate so you could see how ludicrous the original one was. Mm. Don't you? I'm going to look into this. Yeah. Anyhow, that's all I have for Q News this week. Short and sweet. On to Rainbow Rumors. Rainbow Rumors! So this week's Rainbow Rumors, I know you guys haven't heard me talk about the L word in a while, but Kate Monig, who plays Shane on the L word, says... She misses playing the role of every lesbian's dream. She also named Rosanna Arquette and Sarah Shahi as her favorite makeout partners. Hello. I can believe that. Yeah. Rosanna Arquette was like the hot, like, sugar mama, older, you know. Married. I've never made out with either of them, and I'd list them as mine. Sarah, Sh- Sarah Shahi, right? Pretty effing <laughs> hot, okay? Um, but I definitely miss Shane. Now she's doing, like, some show where she has, like, a wig. She looks very Shane was never really the one for me. But, I mean, I liked her character. There's um, that, she wasn't my favorite character. character, but it was, like, you know, the bad... The bad B.O.I. <laughs> Anyways. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, also, Survivor has a lesbian contestant in Samoa. Shannon Waters from Renton, Washington, is 45 and sports a severe mullet. <laughs> but props to her for being the first female Marine sergeant to play on the reality oh show. Oh my god, could it be more stereotypical <laughs> with the severe mullet and a Marine sergeant? Does she drive like a big rig or something while we're at it? <laughs> Anyways, Charlie says good luck to Shambo. Shambo? Is I that guess her that's name? her nickname on the show? I have no idea. <laughs> You this, have to see the this pictures gets because better and she better. has she has like a tie around her head like Rambo did. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Wait till you see the mullet. Anyways, good <laughs> luck to you. And then this is my favorite piece of all: the Sex in the City movie sequel may have uh, some gay storylines. Of course, that's your favorite one. Yes. <laughs> Potential spoilers are: there may be a lesbian storyline. I think they tried to bring on a lesbian character. Um, and the rumor has it 
the lesbian came on for 14 hours on the set and quit right after because she's like I feel like I'm in Connecticut somewhere or something like something boring I don't know sorry Connecticut I can totally see Charlie doing that too (laughs) oh my god this This isn't gay enough (laughs) can't you see like if there was a walk-on role for like a lesbian Charlie being on sex in the city I can totally see this I would try to I, I think I would actually try to stay on that movie as long as I could I love that show. (laughs) Anyways, the other spoiler is that there may be a gay wedding between Stanford and Anthony, Carrie and Charlotte's gay boyfriends. I can't wait for the fashion or the flamers. (laughs) And that's all I have for you for Rainbow Rumors. All right, so let's get into the interview. All right, we have with us in the studio tonight, Laura Spangen, who's running for supervisor in District 8, correct? Yep. And I think maybe uh, if you'd give us a little background on what the Board of Supervisors is, because uh, a lot of people are transplants to San Francisco, and I know I, for one, didn't have a Board of Supervisors where I came from, so I'm a little lost on what, what they all do. Right. I, most people are, actually. <laughs> uh, the Board of Supervisors really is like the city council, and okay. why it's called the Board of Supervisors is because San Francisco is a city and a county. And so we have um, one government. So a lot of cities are, there's multiple cities in a county. And so they have city councils individually. And then there's a county board of supervisors. But since we're all one, we literally have just one form of government that is the uh, government for the county and the city. So and there's no like there's individual no s- city councils. Exactly, because we're, we're unique in that. We're, since we're actually the only city county form of government in California. So you basically okay. pass ordinances? And yep. You okay. do two major things, I think. And okay. these are these are this is why I want to be a supervisor. This is why <laughs> I think I'll be a good supervisor. You do two things. Uh, you help people. You help constituents with problems. You know, when the streetlight's not getting fixed or the water main has broken and nobody's come out to fix it in, you know, five hours, uh, you call your supervisor and they help you get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I've done for the last 12 years. I've worked in city government, so I know how to get things done and I know how to fix problems. And then the other thing is passing legislation, you know, passing legislation that helps people, whether it's, you know, making solar cheap, cheaper to put on your home or fixing housing policy or et cetera. Um, you really, you pass, you know, significant legislation that helps people. That's really the two things I think a good supervisor does. Great. Okay. And, um, well, I was actually working in Union Square, so I just wanted to ask you, were you at the Democratic Convention or were you in Union Square yesterday? I was, yeah. Yeah. I went to um, the end of Obama's uh, speech, actually, yesterday. Yeah. So he had the dinner, which I think it was like a 1500 uh, plate dinner, and then at the Westin, and then he did a speech in Union Square? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. I had no idea that that was going on, and I know... A bunch of people drove to work and they're just trying to get out of there and the bus wasn't running because they shut down yes scary <laughs> they did they shut down traffic like all around the hotel well, it was really tight resident. security yeah. i know <laughs> there was even traffic like on the freeway on 101 getting him from the airport to oh. uh the saint francis there was tons of Crazy. traffic yeah they were really really tight security uh-huh. speaking of obama um you know he recently talked at the hrc dinner out in dc and he said that he was going to make it a priority to end Don't Ask, Don't Tell and DOMA. Just wondering what your thoughts on that are, since I feel like we've already heard this before. You know, you're right. I mean, we have heard it. And um, it's, you know, how long has it been since we've had Don't Ask, Don't Tell? I mean, President Clinton is now, we're going on, you know, 16 years <clears throat> since that yeah. legislation was passed. And 
you know, at the time we thought it was going to be helpful. And clearly, as time has told us, it's it probably has almost hurt us a little bit more than it's helped us. And, you know, I think you can't necessarily blame President Clinton because he was really trying to address discrimination for LGBT people mm -hmm. um, a while ago. And it got, you know, sort of like, you know, burdened by every, you know, by the legislative process, right? right. Which kind of like healthcare now. I mean, some people yeah. are saying that healthcare might be Obama's don't ask, don't tell, because he's really trying to take on a very difficult subject. And it's really hard to get it through the legislative process. Um, so I am, you know, I have, you're right, I have higher hopes for Obama to actually, you know, soon get rid of don't ask don't tell try mm -hmm. to address doma get us help us get a hate crimes bill i mean we still don't have a bill that you know that talks about hate crimes right. for LGBT, against lgbt people mm -hmm. and i have hope that he's going to pass an inclusive uh employment non-discrimination act i mean we still don't have protections in the workplace so i think though that you know I would I want to give him a little more time. He's dealing with health care. That seems to be the only thing that's really they can they can uh, talk about and, and deal with right now, which is OK, because it's a really complex, really difficult problem. And if we can get a good health care bill passed, uh, it will be great for so many people well, that need people it. need health care, too. Absolutely. So. so I want to give him more time to try to get a health care bill passed because I think okay. they're really close. But then next year, you know, 2010, I really want, you know, I want some of these um, these these things that we we know can be reversed pretty quickly, I really want to put pressure on the president and his staff to reverse them. I hear people say all the time that, you know, why can't he just write an executive order to get rid of Don't Ask, Don't Tell? Do you know anything about that? Like, is there a reason he can't just sign it off? Uh, you know, I, I think it's, um, I think he's trying to work his agenda work so that, the system. yeah, so that, <laughs> so that he feels like when he does it, it's, uh, the right time and inclusive of other yeah. people. And, and I maybe, get that. maybe, you know, by then, if you're saying, like, hopefully next year that all, the, all these things will be reversed, maybe it'll do, like, a trickling effect and try to, it might affect and overturn Prop 8, too. I mean, mm -hmm. like, it just, I think, Prop 8 is going to a federal decision in 2010. They just put it through. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think the more we start to see some of these discriminations against us reversed, I think people, I think it just starts to change more people's attitudes right. towards LGBT people. Right. Uh, you know, on the federal, you know, on the court case for Prop 8, you know, I mean, I have mixed opinions about it. I Part of me feels like it might hurt us more than it helps us. But then at the same time, the more that we do on this topic, the more other people help us do. I mean, you have a Republican, a key Republican attorney right. trying to help us, you know. Which I never thought would happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's pretty significant. And, yeah. you know, we haven't, you know, we, we, we keep having losses. So we have to keep trying and keep trying. And we are going to get a win. We are going to get a win soon. I know it. And that's going to that's going to start to change everything for for particularly for LGBT marriage. Excellent. Going back to local politics with your supervisor <laughs> run, um, you're going in District 8, which is the Castro, right? That's one of the neighborhoods, yes. So, Les oh, there's more neighborhoods in District yes, 8? What yes. Are, is it Noe, too? Castro, Noe Valley, Glen Park, okay. Diamond Heights, uh, DuBose Park, uh, Corona Heights, and so uh, many neighborhoods. I know, and <laughs> most and most of the Guerrero, what I call the Guerrero corridor, with a little bit of uh, Valencia uh, oh. thrown into the district. So there's it's a it's a very large, diverse district. Yeah, yeah. very diverse. Yeah. Well, lesbians have always been involved in politics. They mm. have. We've had great lesbian mm -hmm. supervisors: Roberta <laughs> Actenberg, Susan Leal, Leslie Katz, Carol Migdon. And I'm thinking about you know Harvey Milk's run with Ann Cronenberg. Mm -hmm. They seem to sometimes get 
kind of more behind the scenes in the Castro areas. How do you think that the male-dominated Castro is going to look to uh, a lesbian supervisor? Well, they're going to love me. And, <laughs> and why wouldn't they? <laughs> uh, you know, I think um, I think people uh, in the Castro or in any any of the neighborhoods want um, they want a, a smart, strong supervisor who they know will listen to them, get mm-hmm. things done, um, and has a vision for making the district and San Francisco better. And that's what I bring to the table. And so I think, you know, gay men in the Castro, um, I I will appeal to them just as I will appeal to, you know, a mom in Noe Valley or a senior in Glen Park um, or a small business person in DuBose, you know, DuBose Park. I think that um, I can talk to the entire district, Uh, my experience, um, the, you know, the boards and the and the work that I've done in the LGBT community. You know, I've co-chaired the Alice B. Toklas LGBT Democratic Club. I'm on the board of Equality California. I've worked closely with the Gay and Lesbian Victory Fund. Those are things that I think that work crosses, uh, you know, different groups and Mm -hmm. different neighborhoods and different Mm -hmm. issues. And so I can speak to things that people really care about. And I think they care about a really, you know, uh, uh, a personable person who they know they can talk to, who listens to them, and who is going to bring solutions to the table. That's really, at the end of the day, what I think people want. Right. And I think also um, all those different neighborhoods would be advocates for going green. I know that that's one of your... um, one of the topics that you really want to push for. And also, I think uh, Gavin Newsom was one of the people that got the green ball rolling. Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, I'm all for going green, but I know that it can get expensive. And a lot of people talk about going green, but um, how are your ideas any different? That's a great question. Um, You're right. A lot of people talk about it, you know, going green's only for the eco elite Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's out of reach for many people. And so what my, the, one of the the great things um, about my candidacy and about when I win for supervisors that I'm going to bring affordable sustainability to my district in San Francisco. Mm. You know, I've worked on program, I worked on a a very significant program called Go Solar SF, and we literally um, have brought local dollars to the table to match state and federal dollars. So it reduces the cost of solar on your house by half. And we've literally seen a 450% increase in solar applications because of this money. So we've gone from 200 applications one year to to 850 applications last year. Yeah, that's huge. Right. Um, we I'm working on a green financing program right now. Right, right now called San Francisco Sustainable Financing. So that even if the half the cost of a solar uh, program is still too too still out of reach for your uh, household you can hopefully borrow money from the city at a favorable interest rate and pay it back incrementally over your property tax. Um, So it's like, and and you can do this for water conservation, you can do it for energy efficiency projects, and all these things are meant to bring your bills down. So you hardly, you know, are paying anything on your electricity and water bills while getting the benefit of helping the environment. And those are the the programs that I want to bring to the Board of Supervisors is affordable and accessible, sustainable programs, not things that that are out of reach for, for most people. Um, and you'll see this, you'll see this sort of affordability, accessibility all throughout my campaign. 
Another example is I'm only taking $150 max in contributions from individuals. The, ma the most you can give in a campaign like this is $500, but I'm limiting my campaign to $150 because it's a really bad economy. People really, you know, they want to participate in the campaign and sometimes they feel like they can't because they can't give a lot of money. And I just want to tell people, listen, I want you to be part of my campaign. I want you to help. I want you to be a, a thriving member. And it doesn't matter how much you give. So I'm going to equalize it. Nice. And and ensure that you know you'll you'll feel confident if you give you know 50 bucks 75 bucks you'll feel like you're you're a participant in my campaign That's so awesome. i'm doing that sort of you know through all throughout this year ideas like that to really make people feel like they're they're um included awesome. nice i have one last question for sure. you absolutely what are your feelings about the war on fun have you heard of this <laughs> <laughs> i have heard a little bit about it tell me more about it well it's the Alcoholic Beverage Commission yes. has been going after like the DNA lounge and then there's beta breakers and just kind of this chain of events that seems to have sparked off in love like the fest. spring. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, love fest. It just seems like all of a sudden everyone's trying to like suck the fun out of San Francisco. And this is what we're known for. You can't run <laughs> naked down the streets of San Francisco. Where can you? <laughs> oh, my God. I know I love San Francisco and I love how fun it is. You know, I think that uh, I think the there's a hybrid, you know, I think you want to be careful, particularly, you know, for example, Halloween and the Castro, you know, it got to a point where there was violence, you know, so right. the fun, you know, it, the violence um, over overshadowed the actual fun. It's all fun and games till someone loses an eye. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or nine <laughs> shots get, you know, yeah. their life. <laughs> right. Um, but so I, you know, I think um, I absolutely, I, you know, I have friends that are very, you know, in the entertainment world and they really want to continue to maintain San Francisco as a fun place where entertainment, all kinds of entertainment is absolutely accepted. And the permit, the fees to do it are not, you know, exorbitant that they can, everyone can afford to throw events and, and programs. Um, but I also want to make sure they're safe. Um, and so yeah. as long as we can provide a little bit more safety to the events um, and we, we really should continue to promote um, and expand all of the amazing, you know, cultural attractions, events, programs, dances, et cetera, that, that San Francisco is known for. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, right. everyone's all for safety. Nobody wants to be shot on Halloween. You yeah. Know, so that makes sense. Well, I just heard <laughs> that, um, well, Love Fest, I think for the first time this year charged and even then, um, with that filtering system, I think four kids died in like three. At Love Fest? Yeah, three. I just heard this today. Three of them were underaged and it was from overdose. Or at least they asked one person before they passed what what they were on and he started listing like all this stuff. And it's like. Yeah, but there's got to be personal responsibility in that too. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, when people hear about those kinds of things, they just kind of want to shut down the party and not, like, have it, you know, have their kids in those kind of environments. So there is kind of, right. there needs to be a balance. There does. Sure. Everything's a balance. I mean, you can have so much fun. It just needs to be balanced, you know, and make yeah. sure that everybody can have as much fun as they want to without hurting somebody else or impacting somebody else. You know, yeah. that's really, that's the, that's the, I think, the, the hybrid and the balance that we need to strike. And I think we've right. been doing that. I mean, for the most part, I think most people would feel like we're still able to have really great events. Yeah, Beta Breakers was still fun. It was, <laughs> it was very I can't fun. Lie. I didn't even know, did you notice? I mean, no, I had a great time at Beta Breakers. <laughs> well, thank you for coming out today. Thank you so much. I've had a great time. I hope to be back. And good luck with your District 8 supervisor run. Thank you.
Well, that was an awesome interview. Thank you so much, Laura Spangin, for joining us. Um, if you'd like to give us feedback on that interview or any of the other topics that we talked about, um, you can, or if you also want to hear about a future topic, um, you can hit us up on the lesbianpodcast.com. We also have a MySpace and Facebook um, page, but probably the best bet would be to go to the website. Um, the Facebook page is not under the lesbianpodcast.com. It's under JN Charlie. So, yeah. And you'll want to head on over to Cockblock. Oh, yeah. On October Exciting. 30th. They're Friday. Having a, Friday. Friday. October yeah. 30th. They're having an awesome special masquerade party for Halloween. And it's going to be at the Supper Club. So, if you went to the Pride Cockblock, same location. But, you know, if you went to the Pride Cockblock, then you know it's probably going to sell out. So, you want to get your tickets early and you want to get them online at cockblocksf.com. And I think pre sales right now are $10. Mm-hmm. And they'll be going up to 15 soon. So, hurry and get in there. And of course, the lovely Charlie will be hosting. Thank you. Thank so you. She'll so, be, come see me. Yeah, I think you're come judging, buy me a, drink. You're judging a Halloween costume contest, aren't you? Oh. Or are sure. you? Did I make that up? I don't know. Oh, we'll have to check the flyer. So, mm-hmm. you want to check the flyer and see exactly what Charlie's doing. <laughs> <laughs> And and thank you for your continuous support. Um, remember, if you have any uh, things that you need advice on, on relationship, love, or life, um, you can go to the website to ask Charlie. Um, and also thank you again for continuously supporting us and giving us donations. Um, that's about it. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Stay sexy, San Francisco. Was it good for you?